Idle Days in Baghdad by Pele Valentin Olsen in Standard Issue 5. The space of the coffee shop is suffused with social meaning. It has been a site for collaboration, discussion, community building, and leisure. A researcher at the University of Chicago takes us through the intellectual history of the coffee shop in Baghdad and allows us to appreciate the rich history of coffee across geographical borders and expanses of time. In the 1940s, many intellectuals, writers, and artists in Baghdad organized in societies and frequented specific coffee shops. In 1946, a small avant-garde group of poets and artists established the Society of Lost Time as a venue for debates about literature, art, and politics. According to one of its members, the poet Buland al-Haydari, they chose to call themselves the Society of Lost Time as a reference to Marcel Proust's masterpiece, but also because their parents' generation used to tell them that art and literature were a waste of time. By choosing this name, the group adopted the state's and normative society's discourse of lost time, but turned it on its head by playfully drawing attention to the non-conformist work practices and working hours offered by the ad hoc office space of the coffee shop. The society was undoubtedly unique, but at the same time, it was metonymic of a period in Baghdad's history when coffee shops became the primary meeting place for literary, artistic, and political personalities. Moreover, the society speaks to a much longer history of the coffee shop as a site for collaborative artistic projects, intellectual and political discussion, community building, work, leisure, and movement in the city. Through the lens of its many coffee shops, it is possible to paint an alternative portrait of the city of Baghdad a portrait that might allow us to appreciate the rich history of the social context of the coffee shop across geographical borders and boundaries, as well as the many similarities and differences between coffee shops then and now. Already by the 1920s, when Iraq became a British mandate and later a semi-independent monarchy, a wide array of leisure sites was available to Baghdadis who wished to spend their evenings and nights in the city. Of all these establishments, the coffee shop was arguably the most important and certainly the most popular. The history of the coffee shop, however, extends far beyond the 20th century. Coffee drinking was institutionalized. Although this institutionalization was initially slow and coffee drinking was viewed with suspicion in the Ottoman Empire as early as the 17th century. In 1631, the Ottoman Sultan Murad IV attempted to ban both tobacco and coffee, but with very insignificant results. This demonstrates that by 1631, the consumption of tobacco and coffee was already well-rooted in Ottoman lands. It was to remain so, the coffee shop was introduced first in Istanbul, and then quickly spread to other parts of the region of the empire, including Baghdad. From its very inception, and not unlike coffee shops in urban centers across most of the world today, the Middle Eastern coffee shop was much more than a place where people drank coffee. As is often the case with newly introduced substances, the consumption of coffee gained popularity and became incorporated into new contexts of new forms of entertainment, leisure, and assembly. Like today, the coffee shop embodied a multiplicity of often overlapping functions. The Ottoman coffee shop served as a site of leisure where men met, played games, smoked, listened to storytellers, and later gramophones and radio, and took part in different forms of entertainment and debate. Just as importantly, coffee shops were also centers of commercial, work-related, and entrepreneurial activities, thus foreshadowing functions that are at the crux of the contemporary coffee shop. As a setting for such activities, they attracted merchants, brokers, and a wide range of individuals engaged in other professions, occupations, trades, and industries. Coffee shops were also places in which Baghdadi men, belonging to different classes, backgrounds, and creeds, came into contact and at times 
also offered workers from rural parts of the country a place to spend the night free of charge. In a gloomier vein, coffee shops were also places of political agitation, violence, and where informants would gather information about dissidents. In memoirs and autobiographies, many habitués recall how Baghdad's coffee shops functioned as schools, unofficial parties, literary salons, places of mail, friendship, trade, commerce, business, betting, gambling, and consumption of legal and illegal substances. One habitué who frequented Baghdad's coffee shops in the 1940s recalls the city's main artery, Al-Rashid Street, as an expression of the empire of coffee shops. Al-Baladiyya was the first two feet of the empire, and Hassan Ajmi and Al-Sahawi made up its pelvis. The parliament its navel, Café Brazil its chest, and the Baida its face. One café on Al-Rashid Street functioned as an unofficial post office and as a place where remittances between Baghdad and the provinces changed hands. Café Mushi was known as the unofficial stock market of Baghdad, and the Hassan Al-Ajmi Café, which in the 1940s came to be associated with intellectual and literary personalities, was located next to the Jewish Shamash High School, offering students a place in which to study. During the period of final exams, backgammon and yelling were forbidden in the study area. While today's figure of the barista had not made an appearance on the coffee shop scene of 20th century Baghdad, coffee shops were already then associated with familiar faces and famous personalities, often owners or waiters, as well as different forms of spectacles and jokes between customers sharing intimate relations. The owner of the Al-Arab coffee shop claimed that the British administrator and political officer Gertrude Bell tried to seduce him on several occasions, and that King Faisal of Iraq and high-ranking English officers often came to have tea and dinner with him. The owner of another coffee shop popular with university students was famous for his jokes about Iraq's prime minister, Nari al-Said, and his boasting about his football skills as well as his alternative theories about the outbreak of World War II. The Hassan Ajmi coffee shop, named after its owner, was known for its extreme cleanliness and famous for its tea, to which the owner would always add a tiny piece of hash. The Hassan Ajmi was famous for an additional reason. In summers, when customers were plenty, Hassan Ajmi employed a little person of Iranian origin who would entertain the guests. His most popular trick was that he could fart on demand. In recent years, scholars of cultural history and anthropology in particular have begun to ask serious questions about consumption, material culture, and the geography and landscapes of leisure practices in Middle East and urban centers. Studying the modern city through the lens of consumption, such as coffee, or the social and material context of consumption, such as the coffee shop, opens up an important new window onto cultural practices and processes, in addition to highlighting the differences and similarities between the coffee shop then and now, in the Middle East and elsewhere. Just as importantly, it allows us to momentarily access a period in modern Iraqi history that is radically different from its fraught and sectarian present. Without arguing that the plurality and complexity of modern Iraqi history can be understood exclusively through its coffee shops, my own work on leisure and nightlife in 20th century Iraq suggests that leisure was a domain that was not free from political intervention and disciplinary power. Understood as such, it is possible to think of leisure, such as spending time in a coffee shop, as one of the domains in which different and competing ideals and visions of nation and temporality manifest, and in which social norms are both practiced and contested. In other words, leisure is one of the many frontiers in which the idealized individual and citizen confronts, interacts, and comes into contact with the state in its different forms. In ways less subtle than today, Iraqi coffee shops of the 20th century were spaces where acceptable and permissible forms of leisure and movement in the city were being thrown into relief. Unlike today, when coffee shops have become 
in addition to places of reflection and sociability, the preferred workplace for people with the privilege of time on their hands, creative and less stationary jobs, money to spare, and enough self-discipline to administer this blessing. In Baghdad of the 20th century, the modernizing state had a more direct interest in coffee shops. During the late Ottoman era, on the 16th of September 1887, the newspaper The Jewish Chronicle reported that a Baghdad Jew had been excommunicated by the rabbis for having drunk a cup of coffee at a cafe on the Sabbath. In 20th century Iraq, such attempts can be studied through the amalgam of novel disciplinary discourses propagated by the modernizing state, which sought to implement national sentiment, efficiency, and productivity by, among other things, favoring a strict and clear-cut division between work and leisure, and by demanding loyalty to the nation from its citizens. When the office became the fixed workplace, at least for a large segment of Iraq's new middle class, and the classroom the primary site for education, a number of places outside these institutions became increasingly ambiguous. In fact, the more time became measured, controlled, and organized, the more unsupervised intellectual and political activity raised suspicion among the former colonial masters and the Iraqi intellectuals close to the state. The coffee shop did not fit well into this vision, and discursively at least, was transformed into a place in which time could be lost and wasted. Such concerns about time wastefulness echo the fear caused when the coffee shop was first introduced in London in the 17th century. In this context, the notion of a potentially dangerous and non-nation-serving idleness emerged as a function of a new and modern temporality, and came to be associated with a particular space, namely the coffee shop, which had previously represented a less rigid boundary between work and leisure. What's more, opposition to both the monarchy and the British was often orchestrated and debated in coffee shops. This seems only to have given the state and its loyal officials more ammunition and legitimization than their struggle against the activities that took place. If for the state the coffee shop was a target, for others it represented potential, and there is a pattern in which progressive, vanguard, and at time cosmopolitan intellectuals, such as the Society of Lost Time, claimed the title of being idle, or words to that effect. They did so as a way of constructing themselves as part of an underground oppositional culture. Claiming idleness most often took the form of hanging out in coffee shops in which they actively associated themselves with its lower class habitués. The coffee shop was the site of an urban subculture, and their claiming idleness a matter of pride and distinction that clearly marked them as vanguard, while at the same time allowed them to mix with the people. As playful acts of resistance, coffee shop activities produced an oppositional identity for vanguard intellectuals and rebuffed the idleness discourse of the hegemonic, modernizing, and colonial state. In the circles of progressing literati, what the state saw as idleness emerged as virtue. Aside from self-fashioning, for these budding poets and intellectuals, independent inquiry and work in the coffee shop was very much a creative process, especially because it was not controlled by the state. While coffee shops remain an integral part of Iraqi public life, years of dictatorship, sanctions, and wars have led to disastrous consequences for Iraqi life and leisure practices. In the aftermath of the 2003 invasion and subsequent occupation of Iraq, public and cultural life suffered tremendous blows. The demand and need for security, whether imagined or real, has fundamentally undermined and restricted free movement and mobility in the city, and put a damper on leisure practices such as visiting coffee shops. This underlines that coffee shops are always part of bigger political landscapes and concerns. Therefore, in the context of Iraq, and now more than ever, it is worthwhile to ponder the history of the coffee shop, to historicize it, and to make the place in which many of us frequently spent hours on end drinking coffee, writing, or at least trying to, reading, escaping, trying to be found, or allowing ourselves to be distracted for a moment, open to comparisons with other times and places. <laughs>